Hi, this is Pastor Danny Deeth, and I'm so excited that you have chosen to join us here at First Presbyterian Church for worship today. Know that the love, grace, mercy, and joy of Jesus Christ beckon you to join our church family as we seek to celebrate our journey with Christ in this service of worship. So we're glad you're here. Come on in. First lesson today comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 4b through 7. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground. But a stream would rise from the earth, and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson today comes from John's Gospel. We are in chapter 14 starting with verse 15 through 17, and then 25 through 27. Listen for the word of the Lord. If you love me and will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do, do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Indeed. So as we celebrate Mother's Day today, there are a lot of traits about being a parent and being a mother that relate to our understanding of the Holy Spirit. Um, we know and love our moms as those who were always there for us, who walked with us and continue to walk with us um, as, as things allow. Um, a few things, um, I heard one preacher telling about his mother when she grew up, when he grew up, she was known for worrying, over-worrying all of her life. And when they were having the conversation about that, she said, well, it proves that I'm right. Look at all the things I worried about that never happened. But how can you argue with that? And then there's Phyllis Diller, who said, I long to provide a life to give my children all the things I couldn't afford and then move in with them. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, by its very nature is one that dwells with us. 
We do get into this Trinitarian concept of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and how are they the same? How are they different? How are they one piece and yet three separate pieces? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of what? It's the Spirit of Christ. Quite simply, they all do work together well, but it is the part of God that continues to reside with us. The word paraclete is the one that John uses in his gospel. It is a Greek word, parakletos. The first part of that is para, meaning alongside, like parallel. You have two lines, or parallel. And then kletos is to be called. And so quite literally, the paraclete, which includes that understanding of what the Holy Spirit is, is something, in this case, God, that is called to walk beside us. Called to walk beside us. In the Old Testament, you had God that appeared in visions, in physical manifestations, whether that's pillars of cloud and fire, Then you had Jesus, that was the presence of God with us for that very short time. And after Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit descended, and from that day forward has been constantly, every second of every day, God with us. That is why we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus even says in John 16, it is to your advantage that I go... Because if I don't go, then I can't send the other advocate. I can't send my spirit to you. And when you think about that, you think that in the time that Jesus was God's physical incarnation, only those people that were in that little part of the world for that little part of time who saw Jesus, who heard Jesus, who interacted with Jesus, knew Jesus. But when the Spirit came, then God's presence was able to be all over the face of the earth. Well, what about the symbols? Today serves as kind of an introduction for the next two weeks of the understanding of the Holy Spirit and how that works. Uh, What's one symbol of the Holy Spirit? Uh, Okay, I heard a dove, right? Absolutely. Um, The dove not only... Uh, was the bird after the flood that then brought the peace of the, from the chaos of the flood itself. But when Jesus was baptized, the Spirit descended like a dove, we are told. What's another symbol of the Holy Spirit? Fish, did I hear fish? Outstanding. Yep, fish became a symbol of God's presence Um, A symbol of that understanding as those early disciples were fishermen um, and Christians became known by the symbol of the fish. Absolutely. I heard fire and shouting from the back. (laughs) Breath and wind. Thank you. Yeah, those two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, spirit, breath, and wind are all the same Hebrew, Hebrew word. Ruach. Ruach. Spirit, breath, and wind. When you look at, why did we read that Genesis passage where 
God breathed life into Adam. Because when you think about it, Adam was all formed and yet he was there physical, but not yet a human until what? God breathed God's breath into him. Very much like Ezekiel in the Valley of the Dry Bones, that vision that Ezekiel had and the, the bones are there and they, they, they start to come together, they start to form. And again, those bodies are formed, but lifeless until what? God breathes God's breath over them. And that spirit, spirit, that breath, that wind. At Pentecost, uh, the Acts 2 passage we'll, we'll study in a couple of weeks, talks about the, the mighty rushing wind that comes along with the flames. And so spirit, breath, and wind all are symbols of the Holy Spirit. And then uh, Jimmy rightly said fire also. Um, that day of Pentecost, flames rested on their heads. I know, I know, it's a little odd. And we'll talk about and celebrate that. But flames often were the presence of God and symbolized that. Uh, Moses at the burning bush, God was there in fire and spoke to Moses. God leading uh, the Israelites out of slavery and would appear as a, a pillar of clouds during the day and fire at night to lead them to the promised land. So all of those are symbolic of God's Holy Spirit. Um, so as we, we continue to think about it, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? What does it do? And so one of the first things I want to talk about is witness. You hear that word a lot. What is your Christian witness? We are being called as disciples to witness in the world. To witness to what? Well, it's to witness that Jesus Christ is all of those things that we say he is. And mainly, it's to the resurrection of Christ himself. Well, preacher, guess what? I wasn't there. How can I bear witness to something that I wasn't privy to? There were no cameras. They didn't take pictures. How do we know and how can we be witnesses to an event that we never saw in the first place? That is one of the first roles of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps connect us to the original events of that time and place so that Christianity isn't just one where we remember in the past. Yeah, I remember one time there was a guy named Jesus and he did these things. Boy, that was great. I love telling those old, old stories of how things used to be in that time. If we leave it there, then Jesus is dead. But what the Spirit does is connect us to that understanding from the time Jesus ascended forward to today. We can bear witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ because we have experienced the presence of Christ in our life in some way. Maybe it's a Bible study, maybe it's a worship, maybe it's a, maybe it's a hymn, maybe it's a song on the radio, maybe it's a book that you read, maybe a movie you go see, maybe it's a way that we serve others with friends, maybe it's a time that we get together and we share our faith and doubts and, and so on and so forth. God is trying to connect with you on a daily basis in every way. So many voices vying for your attention. God is at the core. 
And when we make those, even if we have little breakthrough moments, say, I don't know about all this, but, but I had a moment here. That is the Holy Spirit connecting you with the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the fullness and love and grace of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Since it's Mother's Day, I'll, I'll share a story about my mom who is near the end of her life's journey. Uh, when we lived in Raleigh, it was 2005, um, Katrina had just come through. And my parents lived on the North Shore of New Orleans in the Covington-Mandeville area. My dad, his side of the family still uh, are in downtown New Orleans. Since my, the Deeths came from Switzerland, they went to New Orleans and have been there ever since. So I'm the associate pastor for youth and their families. It's a few weeks later. My mom had been at Montreat, North Carolina, a Presbyterian conference center when Katrina, that awful hurricane, hit New Orleans, her home. And so we just, since we were in Raleigh, we went over, picked her up, and she was a refugee with us because she couldn't go home. So at that same time, we had on Oberlin Road in Raleigh is a collection of a variety of Christian churches. Different races, some large, some small, different economic uh, um, uh, categories, and several times throughout the year, we would gather for different events, and this was one of them. We were having a picnic after church. We all met in a park. Everybody was there, all going great. Beautiful day. I'm there with my mom. We're having a picnic. And then as we get to the program time, people are talking about their different churches. Uh, a a, a well-meaning, sweet child of the Lord stands up and says, well, I guess New Orleans got what they deserve, those sinful people. Now, my saint of a mother is just that. Sweet, kind, loves people. So much of who I am came and comes from her. She was very easygoing, But when she got there, friends, she got there. And I had that moment, I heard her say that, and I froze. I wasn't worried about what she had said. I was worried about what was getting ready to be said. So I kind of turn and look at my mom. And she says, oh, no, oh, no, excuse me. And she stands up. And she begins to witness to the grace of Jesus Christ as she understood it. She said, I understand there are sinful people everywhere, just as many here as there are in New Orleans. God didn't have it out for anybody in New Orleans, Louisiana. God loves those people. Those are my family. Those are my friends. I grew up in faith in that place. I have served and loved God all of my life in those places. And she went on and on, and I'm, I'm just sweating now. Like she told me to put on snow pants when I was in elementary school. I'm starting to want to tug on her dress to say, wow, enough, we get it, we get it. And so finally she sits down, and later the lady came over and apologized and said, I'm, I'm so sorry, you're right. 
There are beautiful, special children of God there just as there are here. But what struck me was that she couldn't stay contained about her understanding of how God loves everybody and that that was not an act of punishment because those people had been bad or evil any more than people are anywhere else in the world. That was the Holy Spirit at work in her. For her to be a witness, to say, let me tell you my understanding of God's love, God's grace. And she did. We too are being called to be witnesses, even though we weren't there. And yet it is the Spirit's job to connect us so that we can say, You know what? This is how I've experienced Christ in my life. I don't have it all figured out. I don't always feel it sometimes. I don't feel the presence of God at all. I have a lot of doubts and a lot of questions, which I believe to be a part of a healthy journey in faith. But something happened to me at this point and this time. Something that was meaningful to me and connected in a way that was different that I can't just explain. Often it can happen on retreats, mission trips, conferences, or about our daily life if we are open to see, understand, and receive. The Holy Spirit is very much like a harbor master. If you are the captain of a large boat and you go into a harbor that you do not know, you pick up a harbor master. That harbor master knows the width and the depth of that harbor. It knows the directions of the currents. It knows where to turn and where not to. It knows how far to go at what speed to navigate what could be treacherous for the captain who has not as well versed in that harbor. They bring the harbor master on and the captain keeps driving, but the harbor master is telling them where to go and where to steer so that the journey can continue and they remain safe, very much like the Holy Spirit. When we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, it's inviting Christ into our lives. And it's saying, God, take me. I need you to guide me. I need you to be that force that pushes and keeps continuing me on down my road of this call and this life. We see the Holy Spirit as a dove as we spoke, and it is majestic and beautiful. But our Celtic friends, do you know what they see as a symbol of the Holy Spirit? The wild goose. Goose. I mean, I guess they're cute in kind of a big duck kind of way, but they are obnoxious, they are loud, and there are other traits that we don't need to go into. But what our Celtic friends see in that is that the Holy Spirit isn't one that we seek to bring and dwells in us and sits there like a burrito with beans and cheese. The Holy Spirit doesn't bring us in and just sit in our life 
It is one that prods us. It convicts us when we need to be going a different road. It is that voice that leads us to be the Christians we are seeking to be. And that's not always easy. It pushes us. We've all seen videos of ducks going after children and, and things like that, going after them, peck, 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 peck. It is what the Holy Spirit does. It's part of its job. So it helps us to be witnesses. So every generation after that Christ saw can continue to witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is that which advocates for us. Advocates. It is our advocate. It's what Jesus uses. Say, I've got to go so I can send another advocate. Jesus was the first advocate for us. And Jesus goes and sends the Spirit to work with us. The Holy Spirit is all over and through the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, all through the epistles, all the way through the Gospels. From day one of creation, when a mighty wind from God swept over the darkness, when it was void and formless. Advocate for us, pushes us like that wild goose. It teaches us. As we continue to learn and grow in our faith, which we should, It is the Spirit that helps us to learn and to grow. That is part of its role as teacher. Teacher, advocate, convicts us to grow and to move and to get out of our complacency to continue to be the Christians we are called to be. So the Holy Spirit, friends, is all good. And it takes us having courage enough to welcome the Spirit in. And if we have in the past, it is time for us to recommit ourselves to the welcoming of the Spirit in our life. That is the presence of God, the presence of Jesus Christ. And to ask for that Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us as individuals in a church. The Holy Spirit wasn't given to individuals, it was given to a community. And I often find that it is when I am with other people, I feel the presence of God more strongly. To conclude, Tony Campolo, author, pastor, he said, when Dorothy and her crew got to the wizard in the palace, he said, they had to look within and find themselves within themselves. And he said, God is telling you to look within yourself to find the presence of the Holy Spirit. The first choice will get you as far as Kansas. The second will get you as far as God's kingdom in this life and the next. Which will we choose? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. 